Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 133 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you. Home stretch, the Friday edition. Hope we get some great weather this weekend. I think we're about to. Hope you got great plans to go out and enjoy that as well. Now that the retail world is starting to reopen, your friends at Brentwood, Brent, uh, Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin, they're hard at work. The entire inventory has been repriced to make it easier for you to get into a new Ford. Get up to $18,000 off remaining. 2019 F-350s, only a couple of those left. Hurry on down. Plus, Mustangs, Escapes, Explorers, and even the Rangers are on sale. So let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford to lend you a hand by calling 1-877-477-3673 or visiting brentridge.com. All right, I sounded off a little bit. Forgive me, forgive me. And we're going to lighten it up because I did that. Pleased to be joined on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline by the voice of the Oilers on the Oilers Radio Network. It is Jack Michaels. Jack, how are you doing today? I'm good, Brendan. I figured Stoff would bail on me sooner rather than later. So uh, I, I I know that of the 1.30 slots, he's always looking to get out of the Friday one. So no. I figured you'd get stuck with me at some point. Well, that was the specific request. Hey, man, I can't I can't handle another half hour of Jack. you got to do it for me. So here we are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, we got it. We- we got to keep them young and healthy uh, for if and when we get back to work here. Yeah, that's right. Well, listen, we've had 100 days elapsed since the last time there was live NHL hockey, and this is the first show he's taken off, which I'm sure he'll be the first one to tell you about as well. So we got to laugh yes. at that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I was a little stunned that he took today off in light of his Iron Man streak, but uh, <laughs> hey, we all need a break sometime, and today's a perfect day for it. That's right. And, uh, you know, what jack today is the anniversary of the 2006 cup final going against the oilers in game seven so that piqued the question about great sports heartbreaks and you know me being the uh, the bc kid 2011 vancouver boston uh that was tough to watch for me as a canucks fan on a lot of levels boston was bigger they were meaner they they just seemed to have the moxie and it seemed like every second game as we know the goaltending for vancouver was a real bugaboo so I got to ask you, you've obviously been around the sports scene a lot longer than I have. Do you have a major sports heartbreak that stands out? I'm a fan of the Cleveland Browns. I could fill a show on my major sports heartbreak. We don't have that kind of time. <laughs> yeah, when I was a, when I was a kid, John Elway, I mean, the, the one I most remember, the one that 
that uh, left me in tears, even at the age of 11 or whatever I was. I mean, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but was the drive when John Elway took the Broncos 98 yards to force overtime and and then uh, Rich Carlos hit a field goal that to this day I'll swear was wide, <laughs> but uh, it was ruled good and, and that was as close as the Browns ever got to the Super Bowl. So when you're a Browns fan, you learn to live with heartbreak and I learned at a very early age uh, that uh, I had chosen the wrong NFL team to put my stock in. But kudos to you for sticking through the tough times because Lord knows the last couple of decades there's been plenty of those. Are you, are you sort of happy with the retooling that they've done over the last couple of years anyway? Well, I was until they went 5-11 and 11 last year. So <laughs> uh, the Browns seem to be a bandwagon that every 10 years or so Someone uh, wants to hop on, and then about five weeks into the season, they remind everyone why uh, no one's been on their bandwagon in the last decade. So last year was that, and uh, hopefully this year, if we do ever get going from an NFL perspective, let alone the other three major sports, uh, you know, maybe I'll have something to get excited about. Well, we uh, we know that Buffalo fans, Jack, are about as tortured as any fan base, regardless of what team in that city they seem to be cheering for. And this week, it hits the fan again in an in, in unprecedented, uh, they're calling it the Pagula Purge. Uh, can you give me a rip on, on what has gone on in that franchise? I know you're from around that sort of part of the United States. Uh, like It is just mind-boggling to me how they find ways not to succeed recently. And I know I'm not pulling any punches right now, but that was an absolute head shaker earlier this week. Well, I mean, when you consider what the Sabres have done the last 10 years, it's it's not that much of a head shaker. I think there are people in the Edmonton market who, who felt like, you know, the Oilers could have, could have done something like that, you know, five or six years ago. The problem with saying that arbitrarily is, of course, you're talking about good people who lose their jobs. I mean, in our case, Brendan, you know, Randy Hanch is, you know, a quality person and, and did a great job when he was here with the Oil Kings. I mean, you hate to see him on that list. But when you look at the Sabres' lack of success, you know, ultimately there's a price to be paid for that. It's major professional sports. And and when you don't win, unfortunately, change is, is the next option. We, we saw that very recently with a guy who the L.A. Kings – thought highly enough of to go right after and give him a five-year contract and that's you know that's Todd McCollum uh, and he was the one who, who broke that you know 10-year streak of the Oilers not making the NHL postseason so uh, when you don't win eventually there's there's going to be a price to pay and and unfortunately in western New York uh, that price was paid this week I agree with you I mean the stewardship of the Buffalo Sabres under the Pagulas, you know, you've got to call it into question in terms of, you know, establishing some sort of sense of direction. I quite frankly thought they jumped the gun when they got rid of Disco, Dan Bilesma, a few years ago. I, I thought he had him headed in the right direction, and there were whispers at that time that, that Bilesma did not have the unequivocal support of Jack Eichel, and that's why that move was made. But they've, they've made some head-scratching moves in the last, you know, 10 years since they took ownership of the club. And, and this week was was no exception. It's, it's funny. Buffalo was in Montreal 
the night after the NHL season was paused, or, or the night of, actually, you know, the, the night after was Edmonton playing Winnipeg. But then that night, Buffalo was in Montreal. And what's funny about it, or what's ironic about it, would be a better way of saying it, if Buffalo beats Montreal that night at the Bell Center, it's the Sabres who are in the postseason and the Habs sitting home. It, it's just, you know, and now all of a sudden, a month and a half later, two months later, you've got 22 people without work. Yeah, at a time where that is just, and Elliot raised a good point, of course, with these people getting their health care benefits slashed in the middle of a pandemic. There's a lot of angles to this, and not many of them are very appealing on the on the surface anyway. But, you know, what What can you tell me about and Kevin that's Adams? And that's what's so terrible about it, Brendan, is, you know, you say, well, 10 years of losing, you got to make some changes, but you forget there's there's people and families on the other side of it. And that's, you know, Again, for us, knowing Randy Hanch, it's, you know, I mean, when you know people, when you, Brendan, the funny thing about the hockey world is when you let as many as 22 people go, we all have connections to one of those 22. That's how small the hockey world actually is, and that's what makes it doubly painful. Go ahead. Well, you know what? This this raises a question for me. We got the text message here uh, to, uh, on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. It says, you got to wonder if Jack Eichel... Um, in the background is, you know, obviously responsible is absolutely the wrong word to use in this case. But I'm wondering with him being the franchise player, and he did he did have an excellent season this past year. Um, you know, you're going through GMs and you're going through coaches, and I've just never really seen Jack Eichel as a really happy, bubbly hockey player, probably not even dating back to Boston College. But I guess where I'm going with this, Jack, is like at some point, do we stop looking at management and wonder whether there's something going on uh, elsewhere as well? Well, I'm one of those guys that I'm going to stick up for Jack Eichel a little bit. I mean, you know, how happy was Connor McDavid when the Oilers had a losing record? I mean, when you're a competitor – and your team's out of it early every year. We saw this with Taylor Hall when he was in Edmonton, and, you know, people jumped all over him for body language. Well, when you're a young player in this league and you experience nothing but failure, it's hard to have, you know, a positive outlook each and every day. I'm one of those guys who says if, if you're looking at Buffalo and thinking that Jack Eichel is the problem, I'm going to take issue with that. I mean, look at the numbers Yes, he's been banged up and, and hasn't played a, a great many, you know, full, healthy seasons. But when he's been in there, especially in the last year and a half, he's produced big numbers. Is he as good as Connor McDavid? No. But he's the best player in Buffalo by a mile. And, you know, for me to sit here from afar and say, you know, it's Jack Eichel's issue or Jack Eichel has the wrong attitude or Jack Eichel is getting these people fired would be irresponsible. And and quite frankly, in my estimation, untrue. I, I, think, I think Jack Eichel has produced what he can. And at some point, you know, like Connor McDavid, we heard Connor talk about this when the Oilers had the back-to-back losing seasons. Everyone wants to win. And especially when you're the elite of the elite, the only way you can feel satisfied about your own success is if the team is right there along with you. And so I think that's what, you know, sometimes you see with Jack Eichel is, you know, he's frustrated. He, wa- he wants a solid core around him. He mm-hmm. wants 
just like any elite athlete, to prove that he can be a substantial contributor on a winning hockey club. I appreciate you making that case as we chat with the voice of the Oilers on the Oilers radio network, Jack Michaels. Um, do you know anything about Kevin Adams? I, I understand Elliot was explaining earlier that there is quite a long-standing relationship between Adams and the Pagulas, uh, but he is another first-year GM. So there's there's basically the two sides of this. Uh, what, what do you know about him? I don't know much other than, you know, he played in the NHL. He's been involved in a wide variety of of facets in their organization since since coming on board. And what I hear from everyone in the hockey world, is, at least, is an exceptionally intelligent person. Like, uh, uh, you know, one of the brighter people that anyone in the game knows. So, you know, I mean, there's some intrigue there. And, and quite frankly, when you look at when you look at some of the things Buffalo's done, uh, I don't think, you know, adding an intelligent guy at the head of your operation is, is a bad way to go. I mean, you could certainly take issue with some of the decisions Buffalo's made. I don't know that much about him, but uh, the people I do know think the world of him, at least on an intellectual level. Time will tell. I mean, you know what? When, when we talk management, you've got to let some things play out. And... Uh, you know, whether it's Peter Shirelli or Steve Tambellini, I think we've seen some of that in Edmonton over the years is is some of these trades, some of these moves that are that are mocked and ridiculed, you know, you gotta let everything play out. Uh the Miko Koskinen contract, even to a lesser extent, uh the Adam Larson Taylor Hall deal. I mean, you know, one year in it looked like maybe the Oilers made the right move. Two years in, it looked like a disastrous move. You know, three years in, you know, Taylor Hall's no longer playing for Jersey, and there's a lot of intrigue about where he's going to land as a free agent. So some of these deals that management makes, it takes a long time to evaluate. And with Kevin Adams, we're not going to know, you know, what he's contributed for another six years. Whether or not he lasts the life of his contract remains to be seen. But often a GM's work, you can't fully evaluate until you're a half decade plus into it. You hear that, everybody who's already written off Andreas Athanasiu? I know you don't like the P word. I know you don't like hearing patience, but there you go. Jack, let's shift gears uh, to wrap this Friday up on a more positive note. Listen, I, I definitely aspire to have a role similar to yours at some point in my career. Um, and that started for me very, very young, wanting to be a, a young sportscaster, a play-by-play broadcaster in particular. And I can think going back to you know my high school days of, of sitting there and, and just making remarks during a game of dodgeball, for example, and people are saying, oh, yeah, maybe you should give that play-by-play thing a try. So I'm wondering for you, where, where did things start for you? Where are your roots in play-by-play? Well, I mean, number one, I think a lot of play-by-play announcers realize at a certain point, probably in their early teens, that they're going nowhere in terms of athletics. And that was certainly the case with me. Guilty, yeah. And then you find a way, you know, as you move into your late teens, how can I, you know, how can I remain connected through sports and be an active participant if I can't play a lick? And, and for me, uh, growing up, very similar to those who grew up in this area and had, you know, Rod Phillips to listen to, 
growing up in BC, where you're from, you had a combination of Jim Robson and 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 then Jim Houston uh, to follow. You know, for me, it was Mike Lang, who's a Hall of Famer and still the part-time announcer of the Pittsburgh Penguins. I was always fascinated by the way he could string one paragraph after another without a hitch, without any sort of stumble, uh, and bring you six, seven minutes of, of what I saw as the fastest game on earth uh, without a hitch. And, and I thought, forget all the nicknames and Mike Lang for Edmontonians. You know, a lot of people know about his, you know, Michael, Michael motorcycle and up where the – you know, up where grandma keeps the peanut butter and all that stuff. But at his roots and and the bones of his announcing, he is a phenomenal play-by-play guy with a great voice and tireless energy. And, and that was the guy that I kind of, you know, modeled myself after when I started doing this in college. So for you, like, was it was it always hockey? That was the speed of the game. You know, it, it's a very different beast calling hockey versus anything else, as I'm sure I don't need to call you, simply because of number one, the number of players, and number two, the speed. But uh, you being a, being an American, and, and particularly on on the eastern side of things, was there ever a thought of basketball? Or I even know that wrestling's headquarters aren't too far from there. Oh, sure. I mean, I I did a fair amount of, you know, college football and basketball and even some baseball. But, you know, I I recognized early on in terms of, you know, what kept my attention the most and what seemed to keep me in the game most was was hockey. And and probably because of the pace, the action. uh, And and I, I found it, you know, for me, it, it seemed to be the most fascinating to to call and there weren't gaps to fill in there weren't uh you know lengthy tangents you could go on it it kind of it kind of kept you in it kept you on your toes kept you focused and you know what i what i tell people what's it like to see Connor mcdavid and leon dreisaitl every night uh the biggest thing for me is is like any nhl defenseman is you always have to be aware when they're on the ice because there's a phenomenal play inevitably about to happen. And I, I like hockey for that standpoint in broadcasting. Is it always keeps you in the game, more so than the other sports, in my humble opinion. That being said, and this will be the last question as we wrap up with Jack Michaels from the Oilers Radio Network. Um, I, I've found in my own experience that even just watching different sports and listening to the, the cadence and the nuance and, and not just hockey, but being able to apply that in a hockey broadcast, do you find any elements of that or maybe earlier in your, your career more so? Well, in terms of the cadence and the pace I like to establish it in a hockey game is I think the luxury hockey has, again, as compared to the other sports, is generally speaking, it's a close game. And so I, I try to build some elements of actually horse racing into hockey. Really? Where I, I try to, you know, a, a build an early flow of rhythm and energy to the broadcast and try to build to a crescendo, a, you know, a stretch run and, a you know, a furious finish because – more often than not, and certainly more often than the other major pro sports, hockey is, you know, you got a one-goal game, a team's either hanging on or one team's chasing, and the last five or six minutes is, is usually pretty interesting. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of people say, well, the same can be said for the NBA. 
Well, the NBA, it's, it's often not even a bill. The NBA, right. I, you know, I find they're treading water for three and a half quarters, and then all of a sudden, you know, it, it gets really interesting in the regular season. They play hard for, for the last six or seven minutes. I, I feel like hockey's a steady build, and then that kind of last-second desperation that you're looking for with every broadcast. And so there's a natural ebb and flow of energy that hopefully, if you're doing it right, you could build to a certain crescendo for the last 90 seconds with a net empty and one team trying to tie it up. Well, Jack, I don't want your head to get too big, but I certainly uh, appreciate that part of your broadcast. I know that our listeners do as well. Happy Father's Day, man. We will chat next week, all right? Well, if you talk to our mutual colleague, Bob Stauffer, it's it's too late in terms of my uh, engorged noggin, but I'll try to keep the ego in check where applicable. Thanks so much. Great being on with you, and have a great weekend. Thanks so much, Jack. That is Jack Michaels. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. From the Oilers Radio Network, we are way late for a break. Cody Jansen, let's step out, wrap it up after this. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years, and now Royal Pizza is offering curbside pickup and takeout options. For the menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, you can go online to royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Quickly, to this day in Oilers history, we've been talking about it back on this day in 2006. Aaron Ward opens up the scoring a minute 26 into Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. The Oilers unable to claw back. Fernando Pisani beat Cam Ward early in the third. It was not enough. The Oilers lose that cup to the Hurricanes in Carolina. Brighter days than that lie ahead. I promise you that much. We have two MVP candidates playing in Edmonton. Perennial MVP candidates. Oh, yeah. Tonight on Inside Sports, guest host Dave Campbell filling in for Reed Wilkins. You will hear from Global Sports' Quinn Phillips and Saskatchewan Rough Riders linebacker, current CFLPA President Solomon Elmemian. Bob's back on Monday. I am not. Enjoy next week. You'll hear from John Shannon, Jim Matheson, Reed Wilkins from Inside Sports. In the meantime, we're off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Brendan Escott saying thanks for tuning in and so long from the 630 Chet Studios. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.